0: To Totalus Rankium. This week, Andrew, Andrew Jackson, Part 2. Hello and welcome to American Presidents Totalis Rankium. I am Jamie. And I'm Rob ranking all of the presidents
1: from Washington to Trump. And this is episode 7.2. Andrew Jackson. Man with the guns. Yes. So we left Jackson on the victory field of New Orleans. We did. We did. He's been waiting there for five weeks for us to continue.
0: (laughs) So finally. (laughs) He's not happy. I guess in the early 1800s, you know, five weeks is nothing. That's true. Things move slowly. His forces, the ragtag
1: army comprising of all sorts of people such as US citizens, French people, Spanish people... Freed oh, yeah. slaves, pirates, just about anyone who could pick up a gun, basically. Yeah. That that was his army, and they had defeated the might of the British army. Way. Yeah. Impressive stuff. Yeah. Now, we have seen how this victory was enough for the country to convince themselves that they had, in fact, won the war. Yeah. When it was quite clearly a stalemate. Yeah. 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 But it doesn't matter. They won the last battle. That makes it. So they won the war. Yeah. Can't fault the logic. No. So Jackson becomes a war hero. Oh, good. He'd love that. <laughs> oh, he would. He would. But before we continue, let's just have a quick look at Jackson himself, shall we? Yeah. Physically. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Well, because he's got no clothes on. We'll put some clothes on him then. Okay. There right. we go. There we go. Right. Well, a lot of paintings portray Jackson as a, of a tall, upright, forceful man. Bit thin, but... Stary <laughs> a hero. A hero, so you know yes. taller than average. Yeah, heroic. exactly. Uh, but in reality, by this time, he was starting to fall apart.
0: Oh, was he?
1: Yeah. Well, his left arm was still not working properly after the fight with the Bentons. Remember, he got shot, shot. in the arm. Yeah. Yeah, in a in a scuffle by a mm. hotel. Yeah. <laughs> so his his right arm wasn't quite right. He still struggled to get on a horse. He even struggled to open books on his own. Apparently. That's embarrassing. That is embarrassing. Must have been big books. Yeah. Heavy books. Or well, there's little tiny ones that you can barely you know, get your thoughts oh, into. Oh, actually, no, they're really tricky, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Probably small little books, then. Yeah. Ones you get in gift shops. Yes. Yes. Yeah. However, at least the arm was on the mend. I mean, it, it wasn't good, but you could see it getting better, albeit slowly. What was paining him more than anything else was his bowels. Ooh. Oh, <clears throat> yes. He would... Complain of going months on end of uh,
0: suffering from bouts of dysentery. Oh, dysentery is horrible. Yeah. I've heard how bad that is. Yeah. It's like diarrhea, but faster and longer, more soupy. It just doesn't stop. Not good, basically. People, people die very quickly from it, just from dehydration. Yes. Literally, it's exactly. like a hose. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're trying to get
1: around commanding men on a horse. Oh, splash splash zone, yeah, not good, not <laughs> no. good at all, so he was suffering from that on top of this. Uh, he's got two bullets still lodged in him. Remember, both of them giving off slow toxins into his body. Guess be lead, so that's not. Yeah, good. exactly. I mean, nothing bad enough to kill
0: him, um, no. but it's going to be weakening his immune system. Is it like that ridiculous him... Bond film where the villain got a bullet in his head, and it's slowly still moving through his head to actually <laughs> kills him? It was a bit like that. It was just like that. Slowly moving up his arm through yeah. his through his neck.
1: Well, remember one of them uh, in the jewel. Like embedded in into, the jewels, oh, oh, in the jewels, yeah, um, embedded into his chest bone, yeah, yeah, Ooh. not, not nice. No, so yeah, they're still in him, and they're not going <laughs> to be doing him any good. Yeah, lots of aches, lots of pains. Several decades after his death, apparently a study was conducted on a lock of his hair that they found like you do uh, and they discovered that his blood contained lead traces many times higher than what was normal in a human yeah so uh, he's a bit leady. yeah not good imagine trying to get through the airport in those little scannery things it was a nightmare every time he was trying to get home yeah anything insane. to declare I've got bullets in me <laughs> yeah, you carrying any bullets or uh, firearms? Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was a pain. So, yeah, in this day and age, with the medical treatment like it was, it's more than likely that Andrew was in constant pain by this point in his life, leading some historians to speculate that maybe this is why he was uh, quite often very angry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would put you in a bad mood, wouldn't it? Yeah, maybe he was just a bit like House. Oh, McCain, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, maybe he was a bit like that. Maybe, though, he was just an angry man.
0: Well, from everything we've learned about his childhood and growing up, I think he's just an angry man. Yeah, quite possibly. So, anyway,
1: it's in this physical state that Jackson receives word that the war was over. A while later... He and Rachel, who would come down to New Orleans, head back to Nashville. Rachel's his wife. Yes. Remember, there's a bit of scandal there because uh, he yeah. ran away with her and she was still married. Yeah. Yeah, that will come back. Anyway, they're heading back home. The whole journey was filled with people cheering his passage. <laughs> As in him coming <laughs> yeah, through yeah, the village. Yeah, that's why I assumed. It wasn't the dysentery.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Slow motion like a hose. Oh, <laughs> like you see, there's like sexy adverts with women washing cars and sprayed with water. It's like that just, with soldiers. Just like that. Yeah. Cleaning their horses, splash, <laughs> slightly brown, turgid <laughs> water. Mmm. <laughs> just like that. That's, that was the journey
1: home. It's fine. It speeded things up, though. It's, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, that's why he stopped having a white horse as well. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it was just embarrassing. One thing he did realise on this journey was he, he was quite popular now. Mm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, his men had been celebrating him for quite some time, but it became very obvious that the general man and woman in America were now seeing him as a hero. They were coming out to cheer him as he passed.
0: That's good. Yeah.
1: So, him and Rachel, they get home and settle down on their plantation. Jackson planning to retire from public service, like they always do. However, it was not long before he's received a letter from Washington...
0: Oh, he's still alive. No,
1: no. We're, we're still close enough that that's slightly confusing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the capital. Oh, right. Yes, a letter from the new war secretary, a man named
0: Dallas. Dallas? Yeah. Oh. It's a good name, isn't it? It's a good yeah. American name. Oh, he's got to be wearing a white white suit with a massive hat. Yes. And boots. That's Dallas. He, he that's was. Dallas. Yeah. Cigars all the time.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, this is the only point he's in the story, so oh. make the most of that image.
0: Damn it. <laughs>
1: he's smoking cigars right now, his letter. Yeah, Um, Dallas was uh, sorry to interrupt Jackson, but there were a couple of things that needed um, clearing up about New Orleans. (laughs) (laughs) One or two queries. Yeah. You see, Jackson, after the battle, I mean, there's this rumour, and I'm I'm sure it's nothing, (laughs) but we just want it cleared up. Yeah, there's there's this rumour that you refused to release the city from martial law. And, okay, fair enough, you hadn't received official word yet that the war was over, so Mm. maybe that's sensible. But then there's also a rumour that... um, those in charge of the city ordered you to lift the martial law. And in fact, a judge of the United States of America ordered you to lift martial law. And um, you exiled that judge, just chucked him out of the city. Uh, it's it's just a bit dodgy.
0: Yeah,
1: um, it doesn't look good. Yeah, so could we perhaps have a chat about this, was <laughs> the letter. Now, obviously, yeah. those high up in Washington did not want to annoy this new war hero. no. Uh, but it it didn't look good. It, but, it's something that'll come out to bite you in the bum. Yeah, it was something they wanted to sort out. So Jackson replies that he would head to the capital to defend his actions in person. So off he goes again, travelling through the country. Again, through crowds and cheers. On the way to Washington, he attended a dinner where an elderly Thomas Jefferson toasted him and congratulated him on the war effort. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Then he continued a bit more, visited Mount Vernon. Yep. George wasn't in. Oh. That was a shame. And then he reaches the capital. And he put the minds of Madison and Monroe at rest. Jackson was not looking to disrupt the planned succession, which was for Monroe to become the next president. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that, that was all lined up. And Jackson yeah. wasn't going to cause trouble. So, to keep Jackson happy, the new Secretary of War, a man named Crawford, Sir so Dallas has already gone, so he's hung up his hat. Um, Crawford met with Jackson to discuss possible futures. One of these involved a plan of Jackson being in charge of the Southern troops in America. You can look after the Southern border, Jackson. It was also made clear that all this nasty stuff to do with ignoring the directions of a judge in New Orleans, that could just go away.
0: Yeah, that that never happened. Yeah, let's just... What judge? Yeah. I don't remember a judge. Do you, Jackson? No,
1: exactly. So, essentially, Jackson was given a nice job and let's pretend any (laughs) pleasantness didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. And just leave the capital now, please. (laughs) You're freaking out the mate. So, Jackson heads home, reassured that he was now one of the most popular and powerful men in the entire nation. He was in command of the armies on the southern border and he conducted his work, mostly from home to begin with. So he's back in Tennessee. (sighs) Work from home, that's the dream, isn't it? Oh, but it's, it's a problem though, knowing when to shut off. Oh, that's true, yeah. It's like He was probably there. It reaches about six in the evening. He knows he should stop, but there's another email coming in. Mm,
0: His food's on the table getting cold, but he just... One one more email.
1: Well, he brings the food to the desk because it's just quicker that way. His poor wife Rachel at the table on her own. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's hard to know where to draw the line. That is true. But it was not long before something came along to occupy him because the Seminoles in Florida were causing some trouble. Oh, those damn Seminoles. <laughs> no idea, have you? Nope. Right okay the Seminoles were not a traditional native american nation but they okay. they were a relatively recent tribe of native americans i'm guessing a combination of two tribes or something or well yeah the name seminole itself derives from words with a meaning akin to frontier man or runaway or separatist oh, okay. or words that meant have moved apart Outsiders. yeah so the seminole were A tribe that had been created due to the expansion of the European settlers, forcing many of the traditional tribes out of their land. The result was this resettled, relatively new tribe that combined aspects of the cultures of those that had joined it. This was mostly Creeks or the Muscogee from Georgia. Oh, yeah, them. Yeah, we talked about them last time. I definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, but also a large number of Choctaws and Chickasaws, uh, and also a small but significant minority of escaped slaves. Okay. So there, there was Ooh. a, a sizable black population amongst okay. them as well. And they lived just beyond the borders of the US in Spanish-held Florida. Yeah. Now, the reason why Jackson became focused on them is that they often raided into the US territory. Okay. And he was in charge of defending the southern border, so he was responsible for sorting this out. Yeah, build a wall. Well... That solves most problems, is not it? Well, he, he decided that wasn't sensible. He thought that sorting this mess out would uh, involve going into Florida, something that Jackson had wanted to do for a while. I mean, that's just a coincidence. Obviously, he's going to sort out this hmm. uh, troublesome tribe... But if he just so happens to be in Florida and see some land lying around, then who knows?
0: Anything could happen. Anything could happen,
1: yeah. Jackson was convinced that as long as Spain held Florida, the United States were at risk. The British could use the region for a launching pad for another invasion. The Spanish, who knows, maybe one day they'd be strong again and they could try and take land off the US. Uh, It would just be better around, he thought, if the US had Florida. They had a lot of old people in the U.S. at this point.
0: <laughs> they and need they to retire needed somewhere.
1: somewhere to put them. So, <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. I got a great idea for a theme park as well. Yes, exactly.
1: So these raids from the Seminole were all he needed to justify going into the province. So off he went. Now this was dicey legally. He was tracking down what the U.S. saw as criminals. But the Seminole had by this point occupied a Spanish fort. Ah, yeah, now the Spanish weren't using it, but it was
0: still a Spanish fort. So it's a Spanish's fault. Those N- damn Spaniards.
1: Yeah, um, that you could argue that, uh, but it's on Spanish land, and they're, they're it's a, hunting down convicts. So you know, yeah, cross state lines. <laughs> exactly, attacking them wouldn't look great. Spain would have a thing or two to say about a Spanish fort being attacked.
0: They're not using it, they? Yeah, funny.
1: well, that was Jackson's point. <laughs> However, Jackson, realising that this might be a sore point, wrote to the Spanish governor in the area, informing him that if he did not run the Seminole out of the fort, the US would take matters into their
0: own hands. Ooh, them's fighting words. Oh yes,
1: unable to do anything, the Spanish reply was, go ahead. Ah, si. Sí. Senor, I don't
0: know Spanish.
1: Sí, Senora, what's What's go ahead in Spanish?
0: Go ahead.
1: <laughs> Yes, it is. Well done there. So, plans in his head were made. However, these plans to take the fort were delayed because Washington realised a couple of things. Collectively. Yeah. Uh, All at once. (laughs) One, the country was broke. After the War of 1812, they had no money. Two, relations with the American Indian tribes were arguably at an historic low. Well, I'm not surprised. Yeah, and another war could definitely result from messing around too much at this moment. So, it was decided that perhaps the government should do something about all the rampant theft of Native American land that was going on at the moment.
0: <laughs> Maybe we should cool it a little bit with this. <laughs> they were going to hunt down all the people that have been doing it. It's like... Exactly. Irony gong. Jackson
1: was given an order. Go into southern Tennessee and northern Mississippi and kick out all the white settlers on Indian land and, I quote, destroy their habitations. Because, and I further quote, intrusion upon the lands of the friendly Indian tribes is a violation of our laws. And they couldn't
0: look at each other in the eye after saying that. Looked down, (laughs) coughed awkwardly.
1: (laughs) Well, Jackson in particular was not happy... Despite working with pro-US Native American tribes before, he simply did not trust them. He was convinced that all citizens would rise up and defend the nation if needed. But this was the sticking point with Jackson. Native tribes were not US citizens. Ah. So he did not trust that they would necessarily fight on behalf of the US. After all, he'd seen with his own eyes. Some of them would side with the British, oh, Yeah, they had done before. So why on earth should he be using force against genuine US citizens in aid of those who would not defend the country when called? That, that was his reasoning. However, he is now just ignoring direct orders from the government. Uh, he's a hero. Can be and uh, the government are quite rightly pointing out that <laughs> These people are having their land stolen off them. Bit tricky. However, Jackson then pointed out, well, who's going to follow these orders? The militia? They're not going to do it, are they? I mean, maybe the regular army, but even if they did, the settlers, once moved, would simply move back in again as soon as the army moved on. That's true. This is unenforceable. So, no, basically. (laughs) Yeah, he wrote to the Secretary of War, and I quote here, The people of the West will never suffer any Indian to inhabit this country again that has been for 30 years a den of the murderers of their wives and children. Cool. So he just refused to follow orders. That's the,
0: yeah.
1: Okay, once again, this is Jackson just lumping all Native Americans in with each other. Yeah. No distinction whatsoever between tribes who were pro-U.S., Tribes who weren't acknowledgement that actually it was even more complex than that because you've got politics within tribes. Just big brushstrokes. I don't trust them.
0: That was was very common at the time, though, wasn't it? Oh, yes, very
1: much so. Very sad. So this leaves Madison, who's still president at this time, with a bit of a problem. Uh, Rather than cause trouble so close to an election, he just backed off Hmm. and said to Jackson, okay, fair enough, tallywop. Why don't you be in charge of the land negotiations with Native Americans, since you have such strong opinions on this? Yeah. So there you go, Jackson's now got a new job. So the tribes attempted to negotiate using treaties that George Washington himself had signed, saying things along the lines of, hang on, you can't kick us off this land. George Washington himself said we could have this bit of land. And by Jove, we will. Yeah, uh, Jackson just claimed that those forms were completely invalid. Yeah. He claimed that the Cherokees and the Chickasaws never owned that land to begin with, uh, but actually it belonged to the creeks. and we just had a war against the creeks, and we took all that land off of them during the war. So oh, it's our land now., Yay. Yeah. So that happened. I mean, Jackson was willing to pay compensation for this land, so money was exchanged, but very little choice was given. Mm. Jackson also wanted to go further. He viewed the idea of any Native American land within the borders of the US as a weakness. And I'll quote here, I have long viewed treaties with the Indians as an absurdity. (laughs) Not to be reconciled to the principles of our government. The Indians are subjects to the United States, inhabiting its territory and acknowledging its sovereignty. Is it not absurd for the sovereign to negotiate by treaty with its subjects? So you're saying we shouldn't be dealing with these people, we should be ordering them.
0: Yeah.
1: We're bigger and better than they are. Now, by this point, Monroe had become president, and the Seminole problem reared its head once more. Monroe and John Quincy Adams were in talks with Spain, but Jackson felt that simply going into Florida and sorting things out would just be a lot simpler.
0: Yeah.
1: After all, it was obvious Spain were far too weak to put up a fight. Another quote here. Let it be signified to me through any channel that the possession of the Floridas would be desirable to the United States, and in 60 days, it will be accomplished.
0: <laughs> That's very assertive, isn't
1: it? Oh, yeah. I've said this quote before. Yeah. Uh, in Monroe's episode, I believe. Uh, th- this is where it's um, it's a bit dubious who knew what exactly. It's a yeah. an early example of executive deniability. Oh, okay. Yeah. Depending which history book you read, Calhoun, the... Scary guy. Scary guy, who's now the Secretary of War, so we're on to a third one now, uh, and Monroe, had different levels of knowledge of what Jackson was about to do. Now, apparently, <laughs> Monroe later claimed that he was far too sick in bed to have read the letter. I have no idea. I just didn't no. know. It was a huge shock. Jackson, how
0: dare you, I'm so disappointed. Bad boy Jackson, bad... Give him the money. Is possibly one way it went down. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely. Others at
1: the time claimed that Monroe was more than aware and had let Jackson know through one of these back channels that, yeah, nudge and a wink, go for it. (laughs) This will happen. What is certain is that Jackson was itching to take Florida and was more than willing to skirt
0: around any legal niceties to do so. Do you you think Jackson may have held them slightly to ransom because he could say, well, I'm I'm going to invade them. If I do and you disagree with me and chastise me, that'll look like you can't control your generals. There is no
1: evidence of that that I have seen whatsoever, but there would have been that slight feeling, I imagine, from Monroe... It's like, out of control. how much can we chastise this rogue general? He is a war hero. We can't upset him too much. He was tricky to control, was Jackson. Yeah. If anyone else had just said no to an order like he had earlier, he'd have been out of there. Yeah. But this is Jackson. So, yeah, um, he, was, he was a tricky character. Hmm. Anyway, he ordered the invasion. What became known as the First Seminar War. Always fun when wars are oh, the first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of 12. <laughs> yeah, Seven Old War, and then one of those things like you get in Twitter just a one and a slash and then a question mark. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, off to that fort that I mentioned earlier. It was attacked. The US troops were supported by a gunboat, which is nice. Mm. The gunboat fired at the fort, and the balls bounced off the walls. It was a good fort.
0: That's a very good fort.
1: The guns then were elevated a bit, and this time the balls were heated to a glowing red before being fired. On the wooden boats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it's funny. laughs> uh, One hit the target, which was the stockpile of gunpowder in the fort.
0: Now, OK, I'm not a scientific expert here, but I know if you fire a massive red glowing hot ball at gunpowder... Yeah. Something happened. Something definitely happened. What happened, Rob? The explosion
1: ripped the fort apart. Wow. Killing or maiming all within. Over 300 people
0: died. It's like we're a paintball, isn't it? It was, yeah. Defend the fort, thing. Yeah. Someone threw a grenade in. It was awful. It, it was just like that. The carnage. Yeah. Um, we, so we can
1: empathise because we've been paintballing. Yeah. So we know what it's like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was over quickly. Then fighting went back and forth for a while, and uh, attempts to talk went nowhere. So so the war began in earnest. By this point, Jackson had joined the army. He hadn't actually been there for the start. He had to, to get down to Florida. He was at home. But he's there, and he's leading the troops. He was soon updated and found that a Scotsman named Arbanoth was helping to lead the Seminole.
0: Damn Scots.
1: Yeah. Well, this British interference was exactly what Jackson feared. Yeah, yeah. And this is back in the days where Scotsman would actually identify as being British. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it, it, was, it was a proud thing back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they didn't hate the English quite so much. I mean, yeah. they still hated the English. Oh yeah, don't get me wrong, but but just not quite as much. I... So anyway, yeah, this British interference—it's what Jackson feared. This is evidence that Britain are trying to
0: control Native American tribes to cause unrest. It's amazing how one person can change history in that way.
1: Well, it wasn't just one. uh, He found another British man as well. Oh, Yeah, two. There were two. said Arbenoth. He sounds like Lord of the Rings. Arbanoth. Yeah, he does. But you need to say it in a Scottish accent. Arbenoth. 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 One of those. One of those might not have been insulting. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder which one. You'll have to delete very carefully that (laughs) one. So, yeah, Jackson made it very clear that Arbanoff and the other Seminole leaders needed to be caught and caught quickly. Because if we take down their leaders, everything will fall apart. Yeah. Now, as we've already seen, the wars between the US and the Native Americans were not nice. No. No. uh, Things got nasty from both sides very quickly. War shouldn't be
0: fun. You shouldn't enjoy killing the enemy.
1: Well, Jackson systematically burnt down villages and destroyed the livelihoods of all who he suspected of aiding the enemy, which was anyone basically anyone native, vaguely Native American yeah pretty much uh, equally the seminar were, were not being pushovers in one village a pole was discovered with the fresh scalps of 50 men decorating it Ooh. yeah nasty um, so the fighting was fierce uh, there, there were certainly no niceties no no Not long after this, Jackson wrote to the Spanish governor explaining that they were here as a friend to Spain. Uh, We're here to help, so don't interfere. Don't worry. We're not here to take your land.
0: Honest. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge.
1: Now, despite the fierce fighting, the war was soon won by the United States. Arbenoff... Of course it was. ...and this other British man who I mentioned, whose name was Ambrister, were both captured... So two British citizens were now taken by Jackson. Now oh. Jackson wanted to settle this matter nice and quickly, make an example of the two British agents. What would you do? What would I do with the British agents? Yeah. I'd just
0: take away their tea. Oh, that's, bru- oh that's, that's harsh. Yeah, that's all you need to do. That's far too harsh. Like, mm-hmm. torture, ripping off limbs, it's fine. You do not take away tea from someone British, Rob. Well, that's that's what I would have done. That is far beyond the pale. The pale so far away, it's just a little white dot in the distance. I'm sorry, Jeremy. Why? What? What would you do in this situation? I don't know, rip off a limb. <laughs> right. Okay. Far more preferable.
1: Well. Jackson set up a court and a trial was had. Right. Now, the fact that the court had no legal basis whatsoever (laughs) didn't really stop anyone. To be fair, there were things like witnesses and the British (laughs) agents were able to defend themselves. I mean, it was a full court. It just didn't really have any legal basis. Uh, The outcome, go on, just take a guess.
0: Ooh, were they guilty by They were guilty. They oh. were
1: found guilty. Ambrister was originally sentenced to be shot, and Arbanoff, death by hanging.
0: Oh. Man.
1: However, after conferring, the court talked about this for a bit, and it was decided <laughs> to commute the sentence to a lashing and hard labour.
0: So, no longer death sentences. We're just That's punished interesting. From... Yeah. So, I, I guess as well... I don't know, because, yeah, because if, if you're doing hard labour and stuff, they can go out and say, oh, you know, don't don't go against the British. They spread that fear, don't they?
1: Yeah, but also, they realise that killing two British citizens... Oh, yeah. Bit of a diplomatic problem there. That could be, yes, that's true. Yeah, so... King George wouldn't be happy, would he? He wouldn't. So, yeah, so, generally, decided that perhaps best if we don't kill the foreign nationals. Avoid the diplomatic problems. Yeah, it's not sort of the best thing yeah. oh. Now, the war was over by this point, and Jackson was heading for home, and he heard the sentence on the road. So, he sent back an order. Between the hours of eight and nine o'clock, A. Arbanoff is to be suspended by the neck until dead, and Robert <laughs> C. Ambrister is to be shot to death.
0: <laughs> right back, not shot to pain. No, to death. To, yeah, Jackson death.
1: was not happy that the court had gone for the soft option and made it very clear that both needed to die. That's nice. Yeah, so the this creation of a legally dubious court and then his complete disregard to their conclusions uh, will come back to haunt him slightly when he runs for president. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Jackson was starting to form enemies in the capital. Some were seriously worried that he had the makings of a military dictator. Yeah, he's quite... He's not following orders. No. He's doing what he wants.
0: Yeah. And he
1: has a huge support in the army. A bit like Mussolini. Yeah, a bit like Caesar. Oh, some Roman guy.
0: All right, yeah.
1: Now, Jackson may have defeated the Seminole, but he didn't actually stop there, and he was soon holding Spanish towns in the name of defense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's easier to defend America if we have this Spanish town. Yeah, makes make sense. Yeah. We're Most you. <laughs> yeah. Most of Monroe's cabinet denounced Jackson's actions as completely reckless, as did a large number in the House and the Senate. Henry Clay, in particular, proclaimed... And I quote here, Greece had her Alexander. Rome had Caesar. Quick high five. Yay. England her Cromwell. France her Bonaparte. If we would escape the rock on which they split, we must avoid their errors.
0: Yeah. We don't want a Jackson.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, guys, whatever we do, high, put your hands in the middle, like, hands on top, palms on top, right. Make a pact here. Jackson must never get into a position of power in this country. You with me, guys? Yeah. Woo, yeah. Okay. There's was was never present, something like that. Pretty much what
1: happened, yeah, yeah. With, with a group of them. Yeah. Now, as we've seen, John Quincy was the only man who really supported Jackson at this time, <laughs> yeah. mainly because he opposed those who were denouncing the general. It was all politics. As we saw last time, Florida was eventually handed over to the US after negotiations. Meanwhile, Jackson was back home and in poor health once again. He seemed, went on campaign to perk up a bit, but as soon as the fighting stopped he seemed to fall apart slightly. (laughs) He wrote, "'My health is gone. My hands shake from debility. I cannot write with facility.'"
0: Oh, he's, yeah. he's an adrenaline junkie, isn't
1: he? Yeah, yeah, quite, quite possibly. He needs <laughs> needs his fix. Yeah, yeah. But despite his health problems, he was still very much a large figure in the U.S. and one that Monroe wanted to keep happy. So he was selected to go and accept the surrender of Florida to the United States. Way. Yeah, it's good. However, due to a disagreement over paperwork, Jackson had the Spanish governor arrested. (laughs) Yeah, this caused another diplomatic headache for the president. Yeah. Still, all this is sorted out, and Jackson turns his attentions to national politics. He turned down the offer to become the governor of Tennessee... But he was happy to be put forth as a nominee for the President of the United States in 1822. Now, the recent financial crash in 1819 had left people a bit bit worried and uh, distrusting banks. Hmm. Yeah.
0: tends to happened, doesn't
1: it? Yeah. Jackson was, by this point, very vocal on his opinions on banks and kind of ran with this message for a while. So yeah. he was building up his popularity as an anti establishment anti-bank anti-elite voice yeah you're
0: a banker well i've got a rhyming word for that horrible anchors yeah yeah massive anchors now
1: remember this was during monroe's presidency and the us had a one-party system at this point yeah but the republicans were starting to fracture to simplify you had the pro-industry north right against the slave economy South. yeah But on top of this, just to complicate everything, you had the established aristocracy East and the struggling frontier West. And all these spheres overlapped, and people are also very complex and would support things even though they weren't in that area. So (laughs) it it was just a bit messy. It's a complex political landscape that's starting to build. Jackson was emerging as a, a grassroots leader, Jeffersonian Republican, Right. Going back to the, the ideals. The good old day. Yeah. Where <laughs> <laughs> everyone died of scurvy. But this movement was starting to be known as the Democrats and would eventually become the Democrat Party. He was one of the Democrats? Jackson, yes. Yeah. yes. Wow. The first Democrat president he oh, would wow. Yes. A spoiler. Yes. Now, apart from disliking the banks, Jackson was seen as an antidote to all the corruption in Washington. He was an honest man, a straight shooter, not a politician. <laughs> Maybe that's what we need in Washington. Now, to begin with... No one took his nomination seriously. No. that He was a mid-soldier. Yes, he was popular, but he wasn't educated. <laughs> uh, so so he's was...
0: running for president, and people sort of laughed at him, thinking, ah, oh, it'll never happen. Yeah, yeah,
1: especially those in a position of power. They yeah. underestimated the popularity that this man could get. Uh, yeah, the, those that underestimated him soon realised that actually he had a a swell of support under him. Especially now that a lot of states, all but three in fact, had removed land ownership restrictions from who could vote. So uh, the potential voter numbers had increased significantly. Mm. And those that could vote were just the normal people, Ooh. not not the landed elite. Well, so That's going to that, massively add to you. Yeah, that's going to shift things.
0: Because if you're a war hero.
1: Yeah. Now, despite the swell of support, outwardly, Jackson portrayed himself as, just like George Washington did, and John Quincy Adams did, and modelled himself on a Roman politician. He did not want the job, but he would serve if the people needed him to. Nice. Inwardly, however, this increasingly became an obsession to become the president. (laughs) However, one problem was the fact that there was a man named John Williams who was serving as the Tennessee senator. Williams... Completely opposed the idea of Jackson. Thought Jackson would be awful. And this just didn't look good. This was a man from Jackson's home state saying Jackson would not be a good man for the job. So it was suggested by supporters of Jackson, well, why don't you run for the Senate and then you can oust Williams? And then there's no one in there bad-mouthing you anymore.
0: Yeah. yeah. Why do we need a sci-fi composer?
1: (laughs) Yeah, we we don't. So in you go. So the plan was completely successful. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Brilliant. John Williams was voted out and just went away to go and compose music. Oh, sadly playing his, I don't know, Schindler's List.
0: Oh, oh, that's what he yeah. came up with it. Yeah. 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 Oh.
1: Now, of course, the disadvantage of this is Jackson now was a senator. He'd been portraying himself as an outsider. Ooh. He's not a dirty politician. Mm-hmm. He, he's an honest man. Well, now he's a politician who had to actually vote on things so people could say well you voted for this and you didn't vote for that but you said mm. this he could be scrutinized a lot easier now that's true you gotta, you gotta you've gotta back up your actions haven't you a lot more you're accountable yes exactly uh, which kind of went against the whole election plan that yeah. he he had the idea was to stay above the fighting between the politicians and appear more stately mm. become a second
0: washington Can you just not vote on anything just abstain then you look weak, though, don't you? But if you do it in a loud enough voice. <laughs> no, seriously. I refuse
1: to vote for yes. anything.
0: Yeah, no, I'm sure that would you'd get your followers. People are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Maybe it would work.
1: <laughs> now, it had been almost exactly 25 years since he had last been a senator. Remember, he was a wow. senator when he was quite young yeah, yeah. for a brief period of time, and he hated it. Uh, and he hated it now as well. Oh, good. Yeah, he disliked the pontification of Washington. Uh, he liked less his separation from Rachel. He wrote, Should Providence once more permit us to meet, I am solemnly resolved, with the permission of heaven, never to separate or be separated from you in this world again.
0: Oh, Yeah, isn't that nice? He don't misses they, Rachel. Then they've both committed joint suicide.
1: No, no. Together forever. No. No, not quite. It's not that happy. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Now, during this time, John Quincy Adams held his massive party in honour of Jackson. You remember that from his episode? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that big party happens. uh, Despite the two lining up to oppose each other in the election, as we saw, John Quincy was trying to get Jackson on board with him. It just doesn't work. Yeah, it did very little to change Jackson's mind about running... Now, we won't go into detail about the election, as we've already looked at it in John Quincy's episode. But a reminder here, Jackson won 154,000 votes to Mm. John Quincy's 109. Jackson, runaway winner. Yeah. But he had no clear electoral college victory, so the decision goes to the House. Then, Henry Clay made his deal with John Quincy. I'll become the Secretary of State in return for my support. And due to this, John Quincy took the job. Now, despite an outward appearance of calm when Jackson turned up to a celebratory dinner party and shook John Quincy's hand. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, Jackson was furious. Oh, yeah. But what he saw was a complete
0: corruption of democracy. Do you think the handshake was quite. Crushing. Far? Yeah. Rotating of knuckles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's for <laughs> like, almost happened there. five minutes as well. Yeah. Just...
1: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if there was one thing Jackson believed in, it was that democracy was the power of the people. Yeah. And the people clearly wanted him to be the president, but the elites in Washington had destroyed this.
0: I guess if you're going to find one flaw with the electoral college system, (laughs) it's that. It's not, in a way, it's not the power of the people. Well, yes, and as we discussed in John
1: Quincy's episode, that's exactly the point of it. It was mm. supposed to do this. It was to stop a like Jackson from getting in that's charge. That didn't work, did it? <laughs> <laughs> you can debate whether it's a good system or not, but no. it worked at the time Yes, it did the job it was supposed yeah. to do. Jackson did not like that job. He saw it as a
0: corrupt democracy. Yeah. And to be fair, he's got a very good point there. But it's good to have that. Counterbalance in a way, you know, because you won't get somebody suddenly springing up wrecking everything. Well, yeah, and dealing with a fallout for the next fifty years, and that 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 was the
1: idea behind yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can definitely debate both sides. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Jackson not happy at all and was not about to step back. He's no. going to be president, damn it. So, he started his campaign for the next election almost immediately. <laughs> he quit the Senate and returned home to plan. He hated being a senator, so he just stopped doing that. Yeah, screw this. Now, there was an early blow when uh, it soon circulated that none other than a very aging Thomas Jefferson had said that Jackson's popularity was evidence that the republic would not last much longer
0: things onto something.
1: <laughs> yeah, I. That, it just It doesn't sound good when one of the founding fathers said, you are the deaf now of our country. <laughs> uh, it's not ringing praise, let's it that way. Yeah, it, it's, it's hard to spin.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't put on a Jackson t-shirt, would you? No.
1: <laughs> but this was just the start. Jackson had made many enemies who seriously did not want to see him as president, that bunch who did the... Uh, The secret pact. Yeah. With their hands in the middle. And they were wasting no time in pulling
0: Jackson's name through the muck. Which, to be fair, wasn't too hard to do. No, that I bet they'd looked at themselves and and just said, this is going to be too easy. Yeah, I mean... There's so many bad things he's done. There's no way he'd become president.
1: Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, there may have been some embellishments, but there were a few outright lies. Jackson was accused in the papers of being involved in the slave trade, which he was, mm-hmm. of murdering a man in cold blood, which he had, of starting brawls that descended into shooting matches, which he had definitely done, of being involved in Aaron Burr's treason, which uh, yeah. arguably, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, enough for it to be a bit dodgy, definitely, um, <laughs> executing the soldiers for very little reason. Like wearing their Tuesday socks on a Monday. Exactly, things like that. Yeah. Um, for killing people in kangaroo courts... Why would you have a
0: kangaroo judge? Uh, well, they bounce all over the
1: place. Well, you don't need to listen to them, so it might as well be amusing.
0: I fed a kangaroo. Oh,
1: did you? Yeah, they're
0: so gentle.
1: Oh, is this on your holidays? Yeah, but they got really sharp claws. I yeah, I can imagine. And big legs. Yeah, they they're known for those. Yeah. Sorry, carry on. Yeah, no, it's all right. It's a little kangaroo tangent. I yeah. liked it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he was accused of all these things. <laughs> What's that, Skip? <laughs> He's gilly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, But then the worst crime he was accused of not being able to spell. Oh, yeah. I'm not good at that. No, my spelling's awful. Uh, So I can sympathize here. I did see a quote, but I couldn't verify that it was a genuine one, but I really hope it is. Apparently Jackson said something, and I'm paraphrasing here, it is a man with a poor imagination who can't think of more than one way to spell a word. (laughs) (laughs) That's brilliant. Which I really quite liked. Yeah, that's lovely.
0: (laughs) But the trouble is, in, in this sort of time, you don't get much consistency with spelling anyway. You did... In the to a point,
1: the but... established elite though, ah yeah, and he's that, not that was, well exactly, and oh, that's why they were criticizing him. Yeah, uh, something known as the coffin handbill was widely reprinted. This is a banner for newspapers showing six ink coffins representing six soldiers that he had executed. There's a picture of it here. Uh, we'll put it up on our, our website, but it literally is just six ink drawn coffins. Yeah. And it says some account of the bloody deeds of General Jackson. So this was talking about um, six soldiers who had claimed their terms of service were up. We signed up for two months, so we get to go home now. Uh, Jackson said, no, you should be here for six months. They disagreed, so he killed them. Or court martialed them if you want to give it a little bit more of an <laughs> official. <laughs> but they ended up dead one way or another. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was seen as a little
0: bit harsh. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I guess with his whole patriotic view, they would be cowards and. Well, yeah, exactly. Then, I'm not it, saying I agree with his
1: view. This but... was taking place in and around the whole New Orleans yeah, yeah. period of time. And uh, he needed the men to defend mm. America. You can see from a general perspective he was trying to instil order if everyone kept walking out all the time.
0: Mm.
1: However, from a point of view a few years later, when you're talking about politicians and one of them quite happily killed six men over a minor disagreement, it looks bad. It does. Yeah. Stickler for the rules. He is. Or not. I know. That's a good point. Stickler for his rules. (laughs) That's what he is. Now... Against all of this, Jackson had one powerful message that he could fire back. The corrupt bargain between John Quincy and Henry Clay. Um. Yeah. This is a behind-the-doors deal done by the elites in Washington to subvert the will of the people.
0: See, would they have known about it? Or was it just an inkling of this has probably happened? It was just so obvious
1: that it was... it, Yeah, nothing... Officially definite, but it was open secret essentially. Yeah, yeah. people could work out what had happened. So um, yeah, th- this very powerful message of these people in Washington think they're better than you. You all wanted me to be president. I should be president. So he just
0: pushed that basically. They're I'm untrustworthy. I'm I'm trustworthy,
1: and I'll probably kill you. I mean, the only thing that they uh, could really try and pin on John Quincy was that uh, John Quincy had a billiard table in the White House that he had used government funds to pay for rather than out of his own pocket. Oh, you would, though, wouldn't you? Uh, Oh, of course you would. Uh, And that was it. And... That's about all you've got against John Quincy, Mm -hmm. because let's face it, he was uh, Straight up guy. Yeah, he was. So anyway, despite all the the mud, albeit truthful mud, being thrown at Jackson, Hmm. uh, it wasn't really sticking. And when the anti-Jacksonians realised that Jackson being a murdering loon was not enough to discredit him, uh, they switched tact, and they went after the one place they knew would hurt Jackson. What's Jackson's trigger? Oh, his wife! Oh, yes. All of a sudden, stories of them running off to Nechez together circulated. She was a married woman at the time, so therefore she was an adulteress. In the more aggressive attacks, she was called a whore or even a dirty black wench. Because why not throw some casual racism into the sexist attack? Why not? Because don't forget, there
0: were no nice people back then. <laughs> Everyone was a bit horrible. I can imagine you know, though the people trying to print that. I say, like, we need you to put this on a on a on a big poster for me, please. And the the guy gets it at the poster factory or the shop, and he's like. I know jackson there's no way i'm publishing this <laughs> Ooh, no, 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 no.
1: <laughs> too far well jackson was beyond furious i can he imagine. was already furious
0: yeah that's just his general state
1: yeah i mean the the anger chart that he kept on his wall just to keep an eye on how angry he was uh because sometimes he was so angry he couldn't
0: figure it out he, <laughs> he had to draw an extra bit on top oh yeah his lovely manicured poster and then right yeah. at the top a little pencil drawing. Yeah, exactly. With a really angry face at the yeah. top and drawn.
1: Flippin' furious. Yeah. That's what he'd reached. Bloody enraged. Yeah. He compared this attack on Rachel to an assassin coming through the window at night and slaughtering your entire family. That's, that's the pain he felt. He's very loyal, isn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. He has, and I will quote here, "...feelings of indignation that I can scarcely control." like to think he was saying that whilst sharpening his pistols (laughs) (laughs) or whatever it is he did back then i'm not sure um but jackson was clever enough to know that a response is exactly what those working against him wanted they wanted him to fly off the handle yeah they wanted him to go for his pistols at least he's aware of that yeah so and i quote here for the present My hand's opinioned. The day of retribution and vengeance must come when the guilty will meet their just
0: rewards. (sighs) But not today. No. Yeah. I think, like, as he wrote that, like a shiver went up their spines. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) What was that? (laughs) Rachel
1: herself did not cope well with these attacks at all. She was suffering in health anyway, and these attacks really affected her mood and made her go downhill. Not only this, though, she also dreaded her husband winning the White House, because that would mean her having to move to Washington, where all these accusations were coming from. She thought she'd be an outcast. The last place she wanted to go was Washington. Anyway, eventually, the election came along, and the results were in. It was a landslide for Jackson. 647,000 votes to John Quincy's 508,000. Wow. Notice the huge increase in voters there. Yeah Yeah, by hundreds of thousands This is because we're starting to see uh, far more voters Because these mm. land restrictions are being taken out So this is by far the most democratic election the US have had so far wow. I mean, you still had to be white and male, obviously Of course, yeah Obviously yeah. And wealthy uh, Yeah, but but still, that's a yeah. lot more than we've had before yeah, so that was the popular vote. The Electoral College victory was even bigger, 178 to 83 in Jackson's favour. Wow. Huge victory. However, there was one twist before Jackson headed to the White House. Rachel, who, as I said, was struggling with her health, no. suddenly died of a heart attack. Oh, no! Yeah, literally just before he was let due to leave for Washington. Now, despite being bled for three days straight, (laughs) the doctor
0: could do nothing to save her. Oh, God. The medication. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, Jackson, we found a cause of death. It's lack of blood. (laughs) (laughs) We bled her for eight days, but nothing. (laughs) Nothing worked. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Uh, Jackson had to be physically prized away from her body. He was in bits. She was buried on a drizzly day a few days later. In the grounds of his home.
0: That's really sad.
1: Really sad. But he knew why she died. The doctor might have said heart attack, but he knew the real reason. And I quote here May God Almighty forgive her murderers. I never can. It was those politicians scheming against him that drove her to her
0: death. I bet they panic like hell when they... <laughs> <I didn't. laughs> she d- oh no! Oh no! He's going to blame us! <laughs> <laughs> Take the posters down! Take
1: the posters down! So, Jackson becomes the president. His inauguration was a chaotic affair. Due to the popularity of Jackson, a lot of people came to Washington. One resident of the capital compared this to the hordes descending upon Rome. And then, quick high five. Yeah. Yeah. No-one was around, there, so he had to... High-five himself. Yeah.
0: Woo! <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Quick sad clap.
0: <laughs>
1: but he told people about it in the pub later. Yeah. They thought it was quite cool. But... Yeah. Sorry, in the tavern. Oh, or the bar. They don't have pubs in America, do they?
0: Oh, no, that's true. Yeah, that's
1: a good point. Anyway, Jackson spoke from the East Portico of the Capitol building, and once the speech was done, the reception at the White House began. Although perhaps a better word would be party, or perhaps even rave. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> things got out of hand very quickly. The Neon mass- candles. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> the techno was blasting out. Party cannons. Yeah. We were passing out random tablets.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, well, the, the masses piled up into the White House. And I'll quote here, What a scene we did witness. A rabble, a mob, fighting and romping... Ooh. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, thousands of people piling into the White House to have it's a party. not that big. Yeah, it really wasn't that big. In the end, a quick-thinking worker at the White House made a decision to roll all the barrels of punch and whiskey out into the gardens. <laughs> and that would entice everyone out, which worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. brilliant. Now, some saw this this huge impromptu party celebration uh A good thing, this was democracy at work. This was the people celebrating their victory. In the
0: people's house.
1: Yeah, exactly. To the largely upper classes of Washington, however, most people in the city were terrified at this sight. What have we done? Yeah, look at what this country is descending into. A rabble, a mob. We've now got democracy. (laughs) Yeah, when we said all men are created equal, we meant us. (laughs) (laughs) However, the first problem Jackson had to deal with... Was not of national importance, interestingly enough, but instead it was dealing with this very Washingtonian political class. Right. Jackson's cabinet consisted of Van Buren as his Secretary of State.
0: Right.
1: We'll learn more about him another time. Don't worry. And his friend Eaton as Secretary of War, and various other people who we don't need to go into. Eaton. Eaton. Yes.
0: Ah, here.
1: Yes. Now, Eton had recently married a young and apparently very beautiful widow named Peggy.
0: Duh, Peggy.
1: <laughs> now, there were many in Washington who saw Eaton getting the job as the Secretary of War as blatant favoritism. Mm. Eaton wasn't seen as particularly qualified for this job, and Jackson had given it to him clearly because he was Jackson's friend. So, this group start to attack Peggy, why not? Ta- they were last time. This one died, so it's <laughs> yeah, exactly. a good strategy. <laughs> yeah, well, they start attacking Peggy's character and her past. She was the daughter of a hotel owner, lowly beginnings, uh, and rumour was spread that she got to know many of her guests very well.
0: Ooh, oh, yeah. good, good rumours are spread.
1: We have no idea how true these rumours are, but I'm we guessing not. do know that the rumours were widely believed in the upper classes of Washington society. Jackson found that Peggy Eaton was being shunned by Washington society just to get at her husband. And he was outraged. Obviously, he saw this as a parallel to what had happened to Rachel. Hmm. So he was furious. Eaton must be as well. I am
0: likely to be spatched.
1: Oh, yes. Eaton was terribly, terribly miffed. Jackson cried out one time, "She is as chaste as a virgin." Whilst meeting a couple of ministers who uh,
0: had <laughs> failed to decline, they they had heard the rumours. Ah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Eaton was there as he said that she says, as chaste as a virgin. Eaton's like, well, I can't comment. So. <laughs> <laughs> I really couldn't say.
1: Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> this this became a bit of an obsession with Jackson early on in his
0: presidency. I can see why though; he's been sort of butchered by in the
1: past. Well yeah, and so. he's also just getting over the death of his wife yeah, yeah. and he was thrust into the job of being the president. Mentally he must have been all over the place. Those around him realize that they can use this this obsession that their president seems to have suddenly developed. Van Buren realised that coming out on Peggy's side would uh, do him well in Jackson's eyes. Mm. So he, he became a firm supporter of Peggy and Eton, and Jackson and Van Buren formed a good bond because of it. Equally, Calhoun, who uh, who was still vice president... He, wow. Yeah, yeah, he he maintained his vice presidency job.
0: Oh, mainly through what of, means?
1: <laughs> well, probably scheming in his volcano
0: somewhere, mm. yeah. I have no competitors. <laughs> they met their demise. Yeah, exactly. With sharks with lasers in their eyes. Yeah. yeah, that's Alas, hard. I'm a poet. He, he became... And I did indeed realise. <laughs> Sorry, Carl. Yeah, he, he became <laughs>
1: vice president. He okay, did. cool. That's what he did. Uh, but he was still looking for a way to the top job. Calhoun wanted to be president. And he figured that... By stirring the pot of rumours, he could spread discourse and who knows, maybe... Push him over the edge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, after all, if something were to happen to Jackson, <laughs> he's vice president, so who knows. There's no evidence that he was planning to drive Jackson insane, but he was certainly starting to work against Jackson.
0: <sighs> or oh, make, make him a clock, the cuckoo clock, go at like, just a minute before his actual time. Yeah, yeah. It's so, like it's still a minute before, the, like, three o'clock, but it cuckooed. One minute to three. That would drive yeah. you mad, wouldn't
1: it? And every night he'd go in and change all of Jackson's blue fountain pens to black ink oh. and then keep swapping it day on day. Oh. Yeah. And yeah. eventually Jackson snaps. Yeah. Yeah, Calhoun had all the plans. Oh, he did. Yeah. So anyway, at this point he was just spreading the rumours around more and more that um that this Peggy was uh, had a, a dubious history, shall we say. It got to the point that many around the president started to worry that Jackson had completely lost perspective. He was more concerned with the rumours of this young lady than running the country. However, Congress then came into session, and Jackson finally had something to actually deal with. Yeah. Now, the year previously, the government had set a new tariff law that benefited manufacturers, i.e. the North. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was less good for slavery, i.e. the South. So this tariff law had gone through, the North liked it, the South didn't. Jackson sympathised with the likes of South Carolina. He was Western, but Southern Western himself. So he he very much sympathised with those that did not like this tariff. Uh, But if Jackson was one thing, it was a supporter of the Union. The United States were united, damn it. Nothing could get in the way of
0: that. So he's prepared to compromise.
1: Well, when South Carolina started making murmurs suggesting that they would declare void this federal law, Jackson was not pleased. States could not override federal laws. There was a union, damn it. States can't do whatever they want. Jackson then found out that it was none other than Vice President Calhoun who was spearheading this resistance to the new law to the tariffs in South Carolina. Mm. Calhoun was putting forth an argument that states should have veto power, lest the federal government succumb to tyranny. Why should the South suffer to line the pockets of rich merchants in the North, was his argument. Uh, You haven't got the idea of unionship then? Oh, yeah, exactly. So, things came to a personal head between Calhoun and Jackson during a celebration dinner for Jefferson's birthday.
0: Oh, what happened?
1: But this was a really big deal at the time. You need to remember this. Yeah. I try and build up the story as much as I can, but I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to excite you as much as, as it perhaps excited people at the time.
0: Okay, that's I'm gonna okay. I'm going to warn
1: you now, no one draws a pistol. Oh! <laughs> I'm not interested. <laughs> go on, go for it. Well, in this celebration. It was tradition for many of the leading politicians at the time to stand up and deliver a toast. A short two or three sentences. That's all you had to say. Cheers, clink glasses, drink.
0: Yeah, like a a wedding. Exactly. Less boring.
1: Yeah. Small little toast. Now, it was common knowledge by this point that these two men despised each other. Their relationship had gone down the toilet. They got like throwing bits of food at each other on the table. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... Everyone was dying to know what they would say in their toast. Would they have a little dig at each other? People would want drink. Now, Jackson had actually written three toasts and then got a friend to help choose which one to use. <laughs> and uh, they decided together. This was a big deal. They, yeah, they, they yeah. were putting real thought into it. Well, but, so
0: you can't swear. So do that <laughs> one. No, you can't get your pistols out. No. Yeah, no. No,
1: This is less of a toast and more of an It's actual
0: physical assaults. It just says, punch Calhoun (laughs) again and again and again. Yeah, so... (laughs)
1: Yeah, they they decide upon a toast. The dinner party started. The toast began. Jackson was first. He stood up and all waited with bated breath to hear what he would say. Would he use this moment to dress down his own vice president? And here was his toast. And I quote... I'm ready for this. Built this up far too much. <laughs> he said, To the union, it must be preserved. And then he sat down.
0: No, that's quite good. That's
1: yeah, quite... it's short to the point. And it is a dig. It is a dig. Yeah. It's, no, the union above everything. Yeah. It's a dig at Calhoun's philosophy. I like to think
0: he said it staring directly at Calhoun. Sharpening his pistols. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Pistol sharpener.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, everyone saw it as the rebuke that it was. Yeah. Calhoun's next. And you can judge who, who had the better one. The union. Next to our liberty, the most dear. May we all remember that it can only be preserved by respecting the rights of the states. Ah, Jackson was far cooler. Yeah, Jackson's short to the point. Yeah. Calhoun, bit bit waffly.
0: Yeah, a bit weird.
1: Yeah, it's like, yeah, the union's important,
0: but it's only important if we respect states and their rights. Well, then it's not, it's, well, it's like, it's not uh, a union, then, is it? You can't... Like, in a democracy, right, you elect somebody, and not everyone's going to agree with that, but you go along with it because that's the... Decision the majority have made. You just know that people
1: for the rest of the dinner party were having
0: conversations exactly like that. that Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But when you think about it, yeah, yeah, and it got really deep after the sixth bottle of wine. Oh yeah, what 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 is union anyway? You, you, and I, and an onion. (laughs) Whoa, dude! (laughs) What's in this wine? (laughs) I'm hearing colours.
1: (laughs) Anyway, this settled matters after this dinner party in Jackson's mind. Calhoun had to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As did did many others that were getting behind him. I mean, he had to do a bit of a reshuffle as a cabinet and try and push people out. Jackson wrote to a friend saying that there were those in his government who thought that Jackson was too politically weak to shake things up. That he needed the support of various powerful men from various powerful states, he couldn't just push people out. Mm. Jackson finished this letter, (laughs) and I quote, "How little they know me." (laughs) (laughs) That is very true. (laughs) It's always an air of, of violence and menace with Jackson. This there really is. Anyway, Jackson completely stripped his cabinet of everyone, in- including his loyalists. That's how he got away with it. People loyal that, to him, he got rid of first. That's very so clever. So then people against him couldn't stand up and saying, you're just trying to get rid of people who that's don't... That's very clever. Yeah, no, it was, a, it was a, a clever move by him. So he manages to strip his cabinet and eventually rebuild it in a way he was slightly more happy with. He then turned his attention to the Native Americans and the ongoing problem of who lived where exactly. Now, we don't have time to go through all the misery that is the build-up to the Trail of Tears and then the Trail of Tears itself, but... Um, oh, that sounds sad. Yeah, no, I'm going to warn you, it just gets a bit grim in this bit. Uh, but it happens, so let's see what happened. And this this is a summary. You can obviously find podcasts that go into this in more detail. Now, as we've seen, Jackson believed that for the Union to be safe, the Native Americans needed to fully integrate completely, or leave. It was that simple, in his mind. And since he didn't really feel like any Native American nation had really integrated properly yet, um, that left one option. Ah. Yeah. His first annual message to Congress, he suggested that the land west of the Mississippi, so land purchased in the Louisiana Purchase, not a full state, just a territory,
0: this is perfect for the Indian tribes to live in. Just getting around of people who'd never live with each other and shut them in one small space.
1: It's a large area. They could go and live in different areas, he said. Uh, yeah. It'd be fine. Yeah. It would be fine. So in May 1830, the Indian Removal Act was passed <sighs> into law. Now, this essentially meant that the government could buy the Native American land in return for land in the West, but they could use force to do it. <laughs> yeah. Now, specifically, the law was aimed at who were known as the Five Civilised Tribes. Uh, These five tribes were the Cherokee, the Choctaw, the Muscogee, or the Creeks, the Chickasaw, and the Seminole. So, quite a few we've seen before. These tribes are mainly in the south. Right. So we're, we're in Carolina, Georgia, okay. uh, Tennessee, so Florida the, the area. Mid, middle
0: part. Okay, yeah. Yeah,
1: so South. south. <laughs> okay, <laughs> your definition of south. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's roughly where we're looking at. Now, these tribes were given a choice. You can stay. Of course you can stay. No one's forcing you to do anything. Uh, but you must give up claim on all your land and live by our rules, or you must leave. Obviously, again, let me stress this. This is completely voluntary. In fact, I'll even quote Jackson here. <clears throat> it would be as cruel and as unjust to compel the Aboriginals to abandon the graves of their fathers and seek a home in a distant land. He said it would be awful. Yeah. Awful to force them to do it. You can imagine doing something like that. However, if they did not give up their land and their customs and all their laws, then they had to leave anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Many chiefs were bribed to help the decision go the right way. The Chickasaws and the Choctaws agreed to move quite quickly. The Seminoles and the Greeks did not, resulting in several years of fighting and many, many deaths. The Cherokee tried a different tact and sued the US government.
0: Oh, that's clever.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no one saw oh, it's that American coming. American court, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, it goes all the way up to the Supreme Court, and eventually, it ruled that Georgia could not just rush in and take all the Indian land. It didn't matter how much gold was suddenly suspected to be under it. <laughs> which, yeah. oh yeah, did I mention that? Yeah, turned out there was a lot of gold in
0: something. Ah, okay. That had nothing
1: to do with anything, though.
0: No, of course no. not. No,
1: no, nothing. It's to national to do with pride. Unfortunately, though, despite winning in the courts uh, the realities of the day just won over yeah. despite the ruling there was just no appetite to enforce this ruling by the majority of white of the white population in georgia so uh
0: so just so like um guys walking into georgia with their panning equipment and their axes and stuff like so, uh, yeah yeah we we'll, we we'll, we we'll respect the court's decision uh yeah
1: jackson himself i mean it's uh, it, it's quite likely he never said this but it is a famous quote attributed to him where it says john marshall the the man ruling in the court john marshall has made his law now let him enforce it yeah that's just it's not going to happen. And sure no. enough, it just didn't. So the removals by force of the tribes differed from tribe to tribe, but none of them were pleasant, obviously. No. The most notorious taking place just after Jackson left office. So we're, we're jumping ahead slightly here, but since it was Jackson that put put it all in motion, we're going to it's include it in this episode. Absolutely. Even though it happens at the start of Van Uh, presidency. Spoiler. Spoiler. Yeah. So, this is the plan from the government to move the Cherokees west. And we'll just have a quick look at this one. Right. The plan was to give the Cherokee two years to move and start by helping those who voluntarily chose to move. So, volunteers, put your hands up, we'll help you move, and then hopefully others will move along. To the utter shock of the (laughs) US generals involved... There weren't many volunteers. No. No, there really weren't one. Efforts to bribe various leaders also didn't work very well. The Cherokee, for some reason, wanted to stay. So it wasn't going well, and several months were wasted where not much was achieved. Mm. Eventually, however, the dam of pressure burst, and some agreed to move. Approximately 10,000 start making their way west voluntarily. Obviously, this is not all the Cherokee, No. Many, many more refused to leave. So the forced removal begins. Men and women and children were forced from their homes at gunpoint and rounded up into concentration camps. Hmm. Yeah. Some US soldiers were naturally horrified by the actions of their own government. And I'll quote here. Future generations will read and condemn the act, and I do hope posterity will remember that private soldiers like myself like the four Cherokee, who were forced by General Scott to shoot an Indian chief and his children, had to execute the orders of our superiors. We had no choice in the matter. I was just following orders. Oh. Yeah. now this is a a quote from a soldier who who was there. I should say now that some historians dispute that this man was actually present. Um, mm. but I found no historians disputing
0: that actually happened
1: that, what he's describing actually happened yeah so yeah ju- just be aware of that yeah um some u.s soldiers obviously were very brutal in their treatment of the cherokee using whips to force them onto wagons etc uh, ultimately however obviously it didn't matter whether the individual soldiers felt pity for the cherokee or used it as an excuse to be brutal uh, it it was still happening yeah So, yeah, like I say, here's a further quote from this U.S. soldier who was perhaps there, and even if he wasn't, well, this is essentially what happened anyway, to get a flavour. I saw the helpless Cherokees arrested and dragged from their homes and driven at bayonet point into the stockades. And in the chill of a drizzling rain on an October morning, I saw them loaded like cattle or sheep into 645 wagons and started towards the west. We encountered a terrific sleet and snowstorm, with freezing temperatures, and from that day until we reached the end of the fatal journey on March 26th, 1839, the suffering of the Cherokees were awful. The trail of the exiles was a trail of death. They had to sleep in the wagons and on the ground without fire, and I have known as many as 22 of them to die in one night of pneumonia due to ill-treatment, Cold and exposure. Now, twelve wagon trains of about a thousand people set off. The various routes passing through all sorts of places: Kentucky, Illinois, Tennessee, Mississippi, Arkansas, Missouri. Mm. Quite a windy route before reaching Oklahoma, which was their destination. Roughly a journey of two thousand two hundred miles through freezing temperatures. Estimates of the death count range from 2,000 to 6,000.
0: That's a bit grim.
1: Oh, yeah. This is an almost textbook ethnic cleansing, but you don't see it described that way, no. really, ever, but that essentially is what this is. The term death march is sometimes used, uh, oh, yeah. which is because it's a death march, um, but often it's described as the Trail of Tears.
0: I it also highlights, like with that, the soldiers into it, it does sort of highlight the evilness of human nature even though it's an ordinary person what any ordinary person will do
1: yeah well if we can believe this recount because it's yeah, quite yeah. a long
0: but b- even, even the people there that weren't him they would still be doing that and yeah yeah, yeah. Well, regular people they're probably farmers they get a bit of money they might start off by saying where you might have to do something you don't like but you know it's for their best interest and then it sort of led into the yeah the we've brutality. seen it in other
1: times in history oh yeah yeah, we have um, and uh, yeah uh, there wasn't a civilization alive that hasn't done awful things no at some point isn't. as that as 150
0: there? years ago as well. yeah yeah wow um see yeah. when it's like 2000 years ago you can kind of distance yourself yeah yeah in With that 150 Robert... years ago there could be grandkids still alive yes, from that exactly it's uh, it's shocking
1: stuff definitely one of the darkest points in US history easily anyway we jumped ahead slightly there. Uh, We've gone into okay. Van Buren's, but I think it was important to get a picture that this, this was Jackson that pushed this through, so it's going in his episode. Anyway, let's, let's get back to politics, shall we?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Let's lighten the mood slightly. So, Jackson was still dealing with Calhoun and his, his crazy hair and his attempt to get South Carolina to nullify those tariffs. So that's still going on in the background. Calhoun was no longer vice president. He quit, so he was now a louder voice of dissent. Yeah. Jackson had a solution how to deal with this problem. He introduced what was known as the Force Bill. That sounds fun. Yeah, <laughs> especially coming from Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, it allowed the federal government to use force to enforce the
0: tariff. Okay, like bailiffs, basically. Yeah,
1: you know the kind of thing that the British used to do, that the Americans yeah. got really annoyed about. Yeah. That kind of thing, yeah. Gong. <laughs> Gong. Yeah. Good old irony, Gong. There was an outcry by many that this was despotism. That this isn't how things are done in our republic.
0: No, but he's elected. It's democratic.
1: No, exactly. Uh, <laughs> fortunately, though, this escalation was stopped when a compromise bill was passed. But many were left with a distinct impression that Jackson was taking a bit too much power for himself.
0: And he always smiles when he signs them. <laughs>
1: why does he sharpen his pistols?
0: <laughs> it makes no sense, but I'm
1: scared. <laughs> Anyway, Jackson then goes on a bit of a tour. Time to see some of the country, he thinks. Bit of a whirlwind tour. Bit manic, bit crazy. He became the first president to travel on a new steam car, as trains were called in the very early days. Ooh, oh, yeah. steam car. He gets on a train, he does. Gave him a splitting headache, but there you go. <laughs> he also travelled by steamboat, so it was all very modern forms steam. of uh, transportation didn't going on. He a steam plane, did he? <laughs> no, he didn't try that Good. one. Uh, The crowds in Philadelphia were so enthusiastic that they pressed against his carriage spooking the horses, (laughs) and armed guards had to come out and rescue him. In New York, the crowds were even bigger, and a bridge of onlookers collapsed, sending approximately a 1,000 people into the water. Amazingly, no one died. Then then that's hilarious. Yeah, 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 it's fine. (laughs) We can laugh at it, because no one died. Yeah. However... Slightly less funny. In New York, there was a sailor in charge of a ceremonial cannon that misfired. He lost his hands. Kind of funny. Yeah. (laughs) Bit grim. A little bit for him. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Then on to Boston, just leaving a trail of destruction in his
0: wake. (laughs) Blood, broken bridges, splinters, lost (laughs) limbs. They're alive, though, damn it. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) Yeah, he gets to Boston. Jackson was given an honorary degree, much to John Quincy's disgust. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I imagine if you've, like, worked really hard for a PhD or some sort of, like, a good degree, you'd be really annoyed at those honorary degree things. Well, well, you've
1: I've, done nothing. I'll quote John Quincy here. I should not be present to see my darling Harvard disgrace herself by conferring a doctor's degree upon a barbarian and a savage who can scarcely
0: spell his own name. To which Jackson replied, Doctor Savage. (laughs) Yes, he did.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is just in case you thought that there were good guys and bad guys in US history. No, just everyone was awful. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway... Jackson's health was deteriorating. One person in Boston declared that he thought Jackson would not return to see the Capitol. That's how ill Jackson's starting to look. But there was enough in him for one more fight. Because in 1832, the head of the bank, a man named Nicholas Biddle, convinced Congress to extend the life of the U.S. Bank for another 20 years. Now, this is the second bank of the United States. It's uh, the Federal Bank, where, where all the money's stored. Jackson, as I said before, was a, an opponent to federal banks. I mean, banks were suspicious that
0: they were, but federal banks, he just didn't like them. Mm. Um, so It's like, are they keeping people out, or what are they keeping inside? And, they never know. <laughs>
1: and also, just too much power concentrated in one place. Who is this Biddle person? Who elected him? Yeah. And he's in charge of all the money. Yeah. yeah, very suspicious. Look at his suit. He also was suspicious that Biddle would be using this power against him in the next election. So Jackson just not happy. So he vetoed the bill. Oh, yeah. Just like that, the bank expires.
0: Oh, wow. He just (laughs) destroyed the banking Just
1: destroyed the bank. He ordered... (laughs) Sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't need that bank anyway. Well, he orders the money from the federal bank be dispersed into the state banks. Let's spread this about a bit. Some pointed out that he seemed to favour those states that, you know, like, favoured him a little bit more when it came to distributing the whole money. But he just called that nonsense.
0: Of of course not. Of (laughs) of course not. not. Anyway... Politicians the, don't do that.
1: The turmoil that this created, as you can imagine, uh, <laughs> meant that banks started to fold.
0: Yeah, poor Susan spent her whole life putting money in a bank and suddenly it's being sent somewhere else.
1: Yeah, well, many states, due to their not being a central bank to fix onto, simply started printing their own money. Inflation! Yeah, quite ridiculously so. In five years, the face value of the banknotes in the entire country went from $10 million to $149 million. Wow, that's like a 14 times yeah. increase. Wow. quite ridiculously so. Now, Jackson was convinced that stories about how bad this was was coming from his political opponents increasingly becoming known as the Whig Party. And he announced that, and I quote here, he would cut his right hand off his body before restoring the bank. (laughs) He was utterly convinced that only those rich investors who doubt in debt were being affected. The common people would be fine. Yeah. However, they weren't. (laughs) Everyone was being affected by this. The economy completely collapsed. The Panic of 1837 occurs just before he leaves office, <laughs> yeah. This enraged many people who found themselves losing their livelihoods as the country once again spiraled into financial problems. One day, as Jackson was leaving a memorial service in the Capitol building, a man took a couple of steps towards him. Oh dear! He raised a pistol. <clears throat> a crack rang out before anyone could do anything. But after a shocked pause, where everyone kind of checked themselves. It became clear that the pistol had misfired, the powder in the barrel had not exploded, the pistol had not shot, despite the noise. Obviously, though, everyone's a bit shocked by this, and that gave the would-be assassin enough time to reach a second pistol, which he then aimed straight at Jackson once again, and fired. A second crack rang out. And there was another pause while everyone checked to see if they'd been shot. But again, the second pistol had misfired. By this time, Jackson and those around him started to move. and get a bit annoyed. Jackson heading directly towards his assassin <laughs> with his cane raised. Oh, yeah. Jackson's getting on in years by this point. Still. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Others beat him to it, however, um, and the man was roughly handed over to the police.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) When asked why he had tried to kill Jackson, the man replied that Jackson was a tyrant and that he had lost his job due to the president. So there was feelings of unrest. But what if he's just one
0: guy who's really bad at his job? Oh, maybe. And his boss just was called Jackson. He was a bit thick, got a bit confused. Maybe, maybe. You don't know the backstory here. We
1: don't. We don't. Um, it was decided he was insane in the end because he claimed to be a descendant of the throne of England. Ah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it was just decided he was <clears> insane. <throat> but to begin with, he seemed quite calm and just said, "No, it's the financial crisis. I hate the man. I wanted to see him dead." Yeah. Yeah. Then he thought, "Well, we're gonna have to kill you because that's
0: I believe insanity."
1: Yeah. <laughs> quite possibly. Um, that's what I His do. pistols were tested. Apparently, the uh, the story goes that both pistols worked perfectly fine when tested. This led to Jacksonian supporters declaring that their leader was protected by God. Now, how true this is, who knows? But that's the story that went about. Or he's assassin. Oh, oh, maybe, maybe. Uh, Probably not. Uh, Uh, (laughs) But I like the conspiracy theory. So there you go. Our first assassination attempt.
0: That's quite cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But this is not the end. Because we're going to end on a story of Cheese. Yes! Yes. I love cheese. Yes, because just like Jefferson, Jackson also got a big cheese. Yes. This one was created in Sandy Creek, New York, by Colonel Thomas Meacham. It was 1,400 pounds, or 635 kilograms. A better weighting system. Yeah. That's massive! That is massive. That's roughly the weight of a cow. Oh,
0: that poor cow.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Not only was it a big cheese, it was bigger than Jefferson's cheese. Oh, yeah. By 200 pounds. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It also had a bout around it, which had, and I quote, (laughs) the union must be preserved etched into it. Oh, he did love that. Oh, yeah, Jackson must have loved that. So, the cheese arrived at the White House and was put pride of place for a while. Jackson not sure what to do with it. What on earth do um, you do with <laughs> this massive <of> cheese? <laughs> Please, fetch me a knife. <laughs> yeah, so he, he gave some of it away and then he put it into storage.
0: Yeah.
1: Two years later, as he was about to leave office, he realised that he needed to do something with the cheese.
0: <laughs> There's still a £1,000 left. Yeah,
1: it's like he's not about to lug the cheese home. So, uh... What can we do? Samuel, I've got any ideas. Why don't we give the cheese away, sir? To starving people. Yeah, and that's what they do. They open the doors of the White House and they give the cheese away. It was a big cheese giveaway. Oh, cheese fest. Cheese fest. That's what it was. One resident described, and I quote, an evil-smelling horror coming out of the White House before the party started. <laughs> this is an old cheese. Yeah.
0: But yeah, yeah. yeah, but that's okay, because cheese does last if it's kept well. What kind of cheese? Is it was like a cheddar cheese or it like a blue cheese? It was a big cheese. It was a big, yeah. Yeah, okay. that's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big cheese. Well, you, you... Ma- imagine like over a thousand pounds of stinking bishop. Oh, oh. it was. Oh, oh. Well, it
1: was quite pungent, apparently. The wife of a senator <laughs> um, wrote the following This is after Jackson's left and Van Buren's taken office. Right. And I'll quote here The White House has been put in order by the present occupant and is vastly improved. Van Buren says that he had a hard task to get rid of the smell of cheese. <laughs> and in the room where it was cut, he had to air the carpet for many days to take away the curtains and to paint and whitewash before he could get victory over it. That's hilarious. But, yeah, they had to literally strip the room to the bare <laughs> boards to get rid of the cheese smell. That was really funny. But the cheese trouble was not over because... <laughs> Van Buren had been given his own massive cheese at oh, the same no. time. Half... What is it with these big cheeses? <laughs> I don't know. This one was half the size, but obviously Ooh. still enormous. Um, and the wife of the senator mentions it in the same letter. Again, I'll quote Van Buren has another cheese like that which General Jackson had cut, and he says he knows not what to do with it. What a foolish thing for a man to have made such a present to him or anyone else. <laughs> They love their big cheeses. <laughs>
0: that's why, because, like, for cheese to taste good, you've got to leave release at least a year as well. So this, in my prepared. mind,
1: and I apologise to our American listeners if you think I'm off base here, but I think this just sums up the American psyche.
0: <laughs> Make it big.
1: Can we spend ages perfecting it? Or should we just make a massive cheese? <laughs> and they went for the massive cheese.
0: Well, it's pride, isn't it? It's yeah, just exactly. Like, let's just let's make it as make make big
1: as possible. A big cheese. Because we can do it. Yeah, exactly. It's can-do attitude. It's good, good attitude. Yeah? yeah, yeah. So there you go. Anyway, Jackson retires. He goes back to Tennessee for the better part of a decade after leaving the White House. Not long after leaving, he asked a friend what he thought prosperity would judge him most harshly for. His friend replied, maybe the whole business with the banks... That won't be seen as good. Notice how the whole forced death march isn't mentioned, but no. That's irrelevant. Yeah. The the thing with the banks, though, that that wasn't great. You'll be judged harsher on that. Yeah, you're probably going to get judged on that. Jackson replied, Not at all. I will tell you that prosperity will judge me more because I was persuaded not to hang Calhoun as a traitor, but (laughs) then for any other act in my life. This is clearly a thought that stuck with him because there was another time after he retired where he was asked if he had any regrets in his presidency. (laughs) Let me guess. His only regret was, and I quote, (laughs) that I didn't shoot Henry Clay and I didn't hang John C. Calhoun. (laughs) Jackson lived till 1845, the age of 78, when he died of dropsy and heart complications. Wow. there you go, that is Andrew Jackson. An interesting fellow. Oh yeah, you ready to rate this one? Wow. Let's do it. Yeah.
0: Statement.
1: He believed truly in the voice of the people being heard. He believed in the democracy that his country had created. After being elected, he attempted to get rid of the Electoral College. Yeah. This obviously flawed system was already showing cracks. And the country was still young enough for minus traditions to have not set in.
0: Yeah. So oh,
1: sorry. Was, was did he want this before he became president? To be fair, he wanted it after he became president. Yeah, after, after the, the, the electoral yeah. college had bitten him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> but, um. Yeah. I'll quote him here. Our system of government was, by its framers, deemed as an experiment, and he goes on Ooh. to point out that the framers clearly did not mean for the people's choice to be overturned. Now, this is debatable, as we've discussed before. The framers perhaps did exactly mean that. But Jackson's argument is strong here. The Electoral College is a bit bit off. It's not great. I think we should get rid of this. He also wanted term limits... For president, so you couldn't get yeah. crazy dictators. There are no term limits at this point. It is just just tradition that you serve two terms that everyone has followed. Yeah, yeah. yeah his idea was term limits for one term of six years. Now, both these ideas go nowhere, but he, he firmly believed in a democratic
0: process where people had a voice yeah. and could choose their own leaders. It's the embryonic idea of, of what USA becomes. Well, they've still got the electoral college. Amazingly, so um, yeah, but but the, the idea of term limits is, yeah, that that eventually comes in. I mean, you could argue Washington did that originally. But yeah. he's pushing forth the official, and you know, this needs to be... Yeah,
1: yeah. He truly believes in his country's democracy. Mm. And all the fears of him
0: becoming a military dictator do- doesn't happen because he strongly believes in the democracy that he's running. Yeah. I mean, dictators usually get groups of people and forcibly march them away and kill them. I mean, he didn't do that. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs>
1: right. Okay, so, other things. Um, he recognised the newly independent nation of Texas in his last days of office. So, um... That's, Texas. Yeah, Texas is coming along, but just not enough time to talk about that in this episode. There's a
0: place in Texas
1: called Jackson, isn't there? Um, probably. <laughs> yeah. Jackson wouldn't surprise me. Might not be Texas, but, but yeah, we, we'll discuss that more in a in later episode. Yeah. But just know that's starting to kick off. Um, he was a war hero to many in this country. Obviously, that's a yeah. big thing for him. Uh, whether you'd include that in statesmanship, uh, I don't. I, I think it adds to his but... mystique as a, as a yeah as a politician I suppose, as sorry. a leader yeah um he stopped the talk of South Carolina leaving the union Yeah, albeit in a slightly despoty way <laughs> but he he sorted out what could have been a break from the union and the civil war yeah so he does that so I mean that's that's as good yeah then, then you got bad I've only put four points down um too many it's and they get increasingly bad first of all he he gave his fr- all his friends higher positions in government for well, all his talk of people choosing, uh, he, he did just hand out jobs to his friends. But he also showed he, he could get rid of his friends... Yeah, that's it, true because he believed he, in rotation of, yeah. of people in power, and that was his defence exactly. Yeah. Uh, but other people said, "No, this is you getting rid of the old guard and putting in your own friends." Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so there's that second point. He um, sorry, it's only three points, not four points. Uh, and the second of the three points, uh, he single-handedly destroyed the economy of the country because <laughs> he didn't like the federal bank. Which led to the panic of 1837, which yeah. you could argue is an oversimplification of things, obviously, but we're going to do that anyway. Yeah, um, that's what we do. Yeah, and that's not good. That's really not good.
0: No, because it, it goes on one person's opinion. Yeah. So you got a leader listening for their opinion rather than the views of experts, and it, it never ends up well. Yeah, and
1: the expert view was to let the bank stay, and he just used his veto to get rid of the bank, yeah. and uh, the economy crashed. Oh yeah, yeah, so there's that. And then there's the small matter of
0: um, forced death marches that he uh, instigated, which isn't great. No. I feel that does overshadow... Actually, three of them sort of do overshadow any positive. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. But
0: then he perhaps been a war hero. Even then, is very dubious in sort of mm, what he did. Yeah. Um, Even stopping South Carolina, that's dubious as well. I,
1: I'm tempted to give him... Uh, some points for his push for the country to become more democratic. Yeah, he yeah. wanted more people to have a say in elections, uh, and that that was good. But like you say, everything else overshadows it so much. I can't give him many points for that. What are you going for? I'm only
0: going to give him two. Two? Yeah, I'm I'm matching that exactly. That's exactly like what I was thinking. he, you know, morally, he was genuinely horrendous. Yeah, he believed in what he believed in. Yeah. But it was quite awful. <laughs> yeah.
1: But even even if you morally agreed with him, which many people did at the time, oh, they, yeah, you cool. can't escape the fact that his bad decision destroyed the economy. So there we go. That's a total of four. Oh, dear.
0: Disgrace. Disgrace. Yeah. Well,
1: where, where to start, really? Uh, he killed people in jewels, He threatened people. He beat people with canes. He ignored judgments from legal courts. He ordered executions illegally. He illegally invaded a country. He systematically lied to the Native American population and then was responsible for countless deaths during the Trail of Tears. You have to go a bit slow. <laughs> A long list. It's it's just... It's it's disgraceful. Uh, some of them you can argue product of times. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he was in a duelling culture meant that he duelled, but it was seen as a gentlemanly thing
0: to do. Um, but but, the, some but his them... enemies used it against him, so it couldn't have been that gentlemanly. Well, I'm guessing by this point he's edging towards a, it's a bit brutish. Yes, exactly. We're getting to the point where jewels
1: were seen a bit savage. Um, it, we're just coming out of a period of time where... It, it was seen as acceptable um yeah but then equally you've got things that just even at the time were just downright no this is just wrong kangaroo courts and executions and invading a country illegally i mean, things like that and mm. then and then it's hard not to keep coming back to the death marches
0: yeah yeah, yeah. so
1: um i must admit though what amazes me is that he didn't turn into
0: a military dictator. No, he, he always had his moral democratic view on it. Yes, which always my had
1: personal theory, I've, I've not seen this anywhere, so I'm sure people could blow holes into this argument. I think <laughs> that's just his hatred of the British. America had a, mm. do- a democracy, Britain didn't. So, damn it, he wasn't going to be
0: like Britain. He yeah. was going to lead a democracy uh, because he hated the way Britain I guess did it was. Way he'd been brought up that way. Yeah, like, a exactly. lot of people were at the time. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, oh, we're going to end up in minus numbers for the first time. Oh, I don't know.
1: Well, we'll see. Um, it's it's got to be a 10 for this. I, I agree. There's no way he can't get a 10. So that is minus 20. So he's on. Apparently, minus 16. Yep. Silver screen. Okay, finally around where he can probably pull out some points. I think he's got a lot of points in this. Right, very quick rundown. Miserable childhood. Yeah. His brothers dying, him being beaten by British officers, thrown into a prisoner camp, catching smallpox. But also, son of his start mother off his, dying. son of his dad. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. You got his dad dying. You got whilst that, he's like in the belly of his mother. Scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice start. That's so you got all that. Then him growing up, having fun as a student, burning things, breaking into houses. That he did. <laughs> oh, then you've genius. got all the jewels that happened. Then meeting an already married Rachel, running off together. All that excitement. More jewels, brawls, more jewels. Then some war. Then a bit more war. The whole New Orleans thing. Then, the whole business down in Florida, running for office, losing. The hard campaign, Rachel dying. Oh, you could make such an oh, amazing Oh, that's a whole itself. That. Yes. And then, however, after that, oh, it'd be a miserable thing to watch. I mean, once he becomes president, you, it's just political wrangling, the Trail of Tears... That could
0: be a three-episode.
1: Yeah, which would just be... That could be a
0: film in itself.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: It would be miserable, but done well would be good. good, That's good, though. It's good sometimes to film with sadness. Schindler's List, for example. True. My all-time favourite film. I would say uh, a film about his life, his early life,
1: would be amazing. Yeah. Basically, a film based on part one of our podcast would be amazing. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Stop at New Orleans. That could be the end.
0: I would be more interested in the film part two. I think i oh, yeah. would make a great... Well, I don't think you do it in one film. There's so much going oh, on. Oh, yeah. Again, it it needs to series. be like
1: a five-hour epic. The fact is, though, despite the fact lots of it is morally dubious, some of it is outright horrifying, Yeah, it is a fascinating, chaotic life that would be interesting to watch. Very interesting to so, watch. So,
0: I think almost four marks.
1: Again, yeah, I don't think many presidents would have quite as an exciting life as this. No. So, uh, yeah, I'm going You're for Max.
0: I'm going for Max. So I wrote 10, by myself and crossed cross it out again. But are you going for 10? No, I'm going for 10. So he's deleted his minus 20. Yeah, he has. Any ideas what he looks like? Have you seen pictures of Jackson before? Um, I may have done, but my my main image now is like, say, like white hair with two cross guns over his chest. Oh yes, you've seen my picture.
1: Right, well here you go. Here's what he looks like. That's his official portrait. Ooh. Big shock of white hair sticking out.
0: Oh, I love. Oh. But
1: it what what draws you to this picture is his <laughs> his vampire cloak yes! that he's wearing. I
0: was going to say exactly the same thing. Blood way. velvet red, which. Died off. with the blood of his enemies. Yeah, this massive collar on it that just and sticks off. I It might be the age of the painting because um, oil paintings degrade. But his, his white, his 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 black gown that he's wearing is jet black. It's like velvet black. No, yeah, yeah. no real distinction. And then the red sweeping. If it wasn't for the fact that Calhoun
1: was around at the same time, <laughs> yeah. he'd clearly look like the villain. Oh yeah, look so... at the widow's peak. Imagine that dinner party where Calhoun and Jackson were were arguing with each other in their toasts. This is what those two looked like. Oh, they both my looked goodness. like supervillains. They did, they really did. They really did. So yeah, I I quite like that. I'm gonna go for eight on this one. I'm for eight. I'm less impressed, I'm gonna go for six. Okay, that's six. So that is fourteen, which we need to divide by four. God, which gives him a score of three point five for yeah. canvas ability. But now we've scored him. Because we have to score on the official portrait. Do you want to see a photograph of him? Photograph? Oh, yeah. Oh, We've yeah. reached that period in history. Wow, Obviously, yes. he's really old at this point. So this is just before he dies. It's not his tombstone, is it?
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Yeah. He's really. got the hair, though. He's still got his hair. It's still, still jutting out like it was when he was younger. But he looks like a very old man.
0: Wow. He's wearing
1: spectacles. Not actually the first photograph. I could have shown you a photograph of John Quincy Adams. Oh, you... Which I, I just missed, that he had a photograph. So there is an earlier we'll president f- with we'll a photograph.
0: That. Um, That's amazing. There man. you go. Photograph of Andrew Jackson. That's really cool. Yeah. It makes him real. Yeah, it does. It's the first time on a podcast we've had someone with a photograph. That is true, yeah. This is, this is a milestone. Yeah, I mean, we thought we found a
1: photograph of uh, Pompey the Great at one point, but that turned out to be your uncle. Yeah, I know. I, yeah. I paid like £30,000 for that. I know, I know. Are you looking up John Quincy's photograph? Oh! Yeah, there he is. That's John Quincy's photograph.
0: Wow. He's in a chair. And it's like a form portrait and everything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like they had furniture back then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they had trousers.
1: Trousers. I know. Trousers. Look at his shoes.
0: Like one lace. They're like ribboned up. That's amazing.
1: So there we go. We've got photographs from now on, probably. I Might cool. miss a couple. I'm not sure. But there. There we go. Right. Okay. Bolas. He does quite well here. No. Yeah, he yeah. served two full terms, so he gets two points there. Someone tried to kill him, so he gets a point. Yay, first one. Yeah, first one. And his election, if you take an average of his two electoral college wins, he won 72.4%, which puts him in the landslide category, giving him two points. Oh. So that's five out of a possible six bonus points. So his total
0: score is what? 7, 12.5. Let me recount that. Four, five, six, seven, eight. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12.5, yeah.
1: So that is our lowest scoring president, which uh, is a bit of a shock, I think. Yeah, I think in 12.5, some terms. 5, it's well quite low. He he's a very divisive president. He's very popular in some areas. Some people think he was terrible. Um, there's a portrait of him in the Oval Office right now. Really? Oh, yes. But that <laughs> disgrace gate... Just pulls him down, quite oh, frankly.
0: Four marks for that. Yeah. Or four marks away.
1: So using our <coughs> scoring system,
0: he he paid the cost. Yeah. So he's now our lowest-ranking president. He probably would have been our highest if we'd have given plus points for the Scray but we morally can't do that, can we? You can't but, praise people for killing other people. This
1: is why we made the change <coughs> in this series. Yeah. It's like, I can't justify giving out bonus points For awful things that happened quite recently. Yeah. Yeah. Bonus points for emperors doing weird things with horses. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's a bit different, this one. Anyway, there's one more thing we need to decide, though.
0: And it's going to be a tough one. American or American? I'm letting you talk first. This could obviously go one of two ways, because that's how the round works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Is it American or an American? Um, The thing is... If we give an American, are we praising him for what he did to those thousands of Native Americans that he killed? Yeah. We're not. No. That's not the point of the podcast. We we rate things on, on basically, are you interesting? Yeah. On that grounds, I think he's highly interesting. Yeah. I think he should be an American. He is
1: the first Democratic, as in Democrat, with a yeah. capital D president <laughs> To which they're all proud of now. <laughs> <laughs> He, um, I, he he pushed for a more democratic society. He did some awful things. But it is undeniable that he shaped the country as he did them. Yeah. He was a force to be reckoned with. I'll say this. I don't yeah. like the guy. No. Um, there was very few points whilst learning about him did I feel a connection with him. In fact, it was only his his obvious devotion to Rachel that humanised him. Yes. Oh, and his very early life, where some horrible yeah. things happened. They were the only points
0: where I went, oh, okay, no, I'm seeing a, a human being here. But you can see that journey as well. You know, you can go through all that terror at the beginning, and you can see why you can going to be slightly disturbed individual. Yeah, exactly.
1: It's a fascinating journey. It's... Not a pleasant journey. No. And it results in some horrific things. Uh, But there's a reason this is called the Jacksonian Age. He defines the political movement around this time. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm tempted to say yes, just because he was such a big force. But that is in no way me saying that. I condone any of, condone many of his actions. I agree. Yeah. Um, But he's
0: interesting.
1: In the same way, Caligula got Jeanne César exactly. and I podcast. And... Didn't like the guy. No, uh, but <laughs> Tiberius yeah. as well. But he's definitely an interesting character. So, yeah. on that note, I think yeah, well done, Jackson. Despite you being an awful human being, I think uh, I think you get American.
0: Oh. I won't say you deserved it, but um, <laughs> you earned it. Yeah. So, thank you very much for listening. Next time, Van Buren. Oh, he sounds American. <laughs>
1: Well, the um, uh, only American president whose English is not his first language. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. little factoid before we start. See, back then, was it... Cause... Oh, we'll get into it. We'll okay. get into it. This okay. episode's gone on long enough. We'll talk about that next time. Okay, I'll So wait. that
0: is our episode next time. Don't forget to download us on Podbean, iTunes and Stitcher. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter.
1: And please leave uh, reviews on iTunes. That would be hugely helpful if you're listening. And um, just before we go, a congratulations to Brie from Pontifax for getting married. It's our first recording since she got married. That is all we need to say. Thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. Okay, right here we go we, we must come up with something something to celebrate Jackson being president like throw a party or something something exciting Well, what, what about Jefferson sir he got a massive cheese oh right now that's interesting keep talking yeah it was as big as a sheep a massive cheese a giant there. brie ooh we could do something like that could we yes. chaps 1,200 pounds sir M- mightily impressive as big as a massive sheep Wow, <laughs> quite a large sheep, yes. A beast sheep, sir. Okay, no, let's let's do that. Right, well, obviously not cheese. Cheese has been done. Well, so, of course. So yeah. But but although it would be easy and good for our economy, sir. That is it. Originality, man. Come on, American dream. Okay. Let's, let's create something and let's make it big. What can we make? Um, a, a large sandwich. Mm, not sure it's really. They're very fashionable in Europe, sir. But it's not really a thing, is it a sandwich? It's, it's multiple things,
0: and what will we put? I'm not, I'm not saying it. That's true. the tomato will rot. Um, how about a, a Victoria sponge? Who? A Victoria Oh I, I don't know. I just came to me.:
1: Leave your sponges out of it, man, right. any more ideas? A massive sausage. Not really the image we're looking for. I'm sure we can make quite a large one, sir. Uh, that might be so, but uh, I can see the headlines. How about a flan? I, I'm, I'm sorry, a flan. Is that the best we can do? I a don't... giant flan? Well, um... on, There must be, must be something. Uh, well, come I... on, no, no idea is a stupid idea. Anything, come on, spitball. Here. A giant quiche. The, the that, local
0: farm's have been producing loads of eggs recently. We could do a giant quiche. That's no better than the flat idea. Come on, come on, keep going. A, a hat? What's That's not even edible, ma'am. It is, we make it out of pastry.
1: Pastry hats? No, we're not having pastry hats. Um, oh, oh no, I've got it. Two, two giant meatballs. Oh, no, no, that's as bad as a sausage. Sorry, forget that.
0: Um, a, a, a big ham. Oh, a big ha- Oh, I've even got a big cow, though. Oh, yes, no, of course. Certainly me. Um, ah, my, my brother down in Tennessee, he's been breeding turkeys. Oh, yes. And he's got a turkey that's up to 3,000 pounds, sir. I don't believe it. No, nor do I. It's probably a lie, but I, I can put in a word. Put in a word. Bring the giant turkey.
1: We'll see if that works out. In the meantime, though, I think backup ideas. Uh, potato.
0: Potato. Uh, um, big, big potato. Um, what do we cut the potato into long strips, deep fry them, like the French do?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Um, Fried Frenches.
1: They're oh, quite cool. small, though. Yeah, it's not very uh, exciting. Um, old. I just don't know. I don't say. What about a,
0: a giant cigar? Ah uh, still in
1: sausage territory there. Uh, um, I just do don't, go don't, don't, cup of tea, cup
0: giant cup of tea. Oh, it'd go off the milk, would just curdle.
1: Yeah. Oh, British connotations. Ah, of he course. Does hate the British.
0: Ah, we all do.
1: Yes, yeah, the stupid men with stupid accents.
0: Gosh, darn it! You know
1: what, Chad? I think we're going to have to go with the cheese.
0: Oh, Gable, are you sure?
1: It's not original, no. But if we make it bigger than the last one. I think we could put Chad and Gable's cheesemongers on the map, damn it. Tell yeah. you what, bear with me here. How about if we put a belt on it? Oh. He wrote, should Providence once more permit us to meet, I am solemn... So, solemn, Solemnly. Solemnly.
0: Solemnly.
1: Solemn. Don't pronounce the N. <laughs> solemnly. 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 Here we go, I got it. I am so... Solemn. Solemnly. What is wrong with me? Solemnly. Solemnly. Yeah. I am solemn. I am solemnly. I am solemnly. I am solemnly resolved. I am solemn. <laughs> solemnly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> solemnly. I can say it on its own. <laughs> yeah. Solemnly. I am solemnly, solemnly prepared. Solemnly. Solemnly. I can say it. Do you want me to say? I am solemnly resolved.